If you're a fan of big ideas, debate, and politics, check out our festival partner, Geopolitical Magazine Foreign Policy. A forum for informed debate about global affairs, foreign policy keeps a finger on the pulse of world news and political happenings. Beyond articles that delve behind the headlines via traditional reporting, Foreign Policy has so many other products to offer, ensuring that no matter how you like to engage with eye-opening content, there is a method for you. Check out their free offerings, like Foreign Policy Live, their forum for live journalism, newsletters, and podcasts. And with a subscription, unlock in-depth features and quarterly magazines, including their recently dropped spring edition, All About India. Fans of IAI will love Foreign Policy for more of the mind-expanding, insightful content that they seek. To explore their content, take advantage of an exclusive discount for IAI fans. Subscribe now using promo code LIGHT24 to save 50% and unlock access to everything Foreign Policy has to offer. Welcome to Philosophy for Our Times. Facts of Assertions. From the Institute of Art and Ideas. We examine every aspect of contemporary thinking. What is love? Is it real? Is democracy illusory and incoherent? Finding cracks in the way we understand the world. I think there is a crisis of values. Realism has failed. We debate the way forward with today's leading thinkers. We're all trying to understand what the hell is going on. A live podcast production from the Institute of Art and Ideas. Morning, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, the universe code. Um, the theme of the debate is information. Um, we think information provides facts about the world, that it's, that it's there, that there's stuff. Yet some now claim that information might actually be primary, somehow more fundamental than matter. So could information provide the ultimate constituent of the world? Um, or is this just some trendy delusion because we've got um, the digital age and we, we like talking about information? To help us debate the theme, uh, we have our three speakers to my right. Chiara Marletto, quantum computation researcher at the University of Oxford. Um, she works with David Deutsch on the constructor theory of information, one of the weirdest theories in my opinion. To my left, Peter Atkins, professor emeritus of chemistry at the University of Oxford, known as a rather vehement debater, well-known critic of religion, um, author of numerous books, including Galileo's Finger on Being and Reactions, private life of atoms and also creation revisited which dealt with this very topic and then on the far left James Ladyman um, professor of philosophy at Bristol um, co-editor of studies in the history of philosophy of modern physics and I'd like you each if you wouldn't mind to just give us your basic position on is information really fundamental? Charid, what do you, I mean. So the answer to this question is yes. Um, and uh, the, the sense in which I say yes is that uh, information is fundamental in an explanatory sense. So I, I, I take the, the goal of science to be that of formulating explanations for what's out there. And there are different levels of explanations. Matter is one such level and uh, information is another level. So for instance, if you look at a computer and you ask, well, why is this transistor off? Uh, well, you may say the reason is that uh, the particles uh, that uh, instantiate charges and stuff um, have been given certain initial conditions and the trajectories were such that, in fact, the transistor is at this moment off. But you can also say, well, the reason is that uh, the computer is factoring a number, a specific number, uh, 15, and uh, that's why the transistor is off. And both explanations are necessary to understand what's going on. Now, um, 
There is a problem in trying to understand how these two ways of describing reality fit together because um, information has properties that uh, seem to transcend physical systems. Uh, you see, um, it, uh, information can be copied from one system to another. Um, you know, my brain, um, molecules of air that are kind of traveling to your brain, you know, to your ears, and then that, that gets converted into electrical signals in your brain. These copying operations uh, keep the information the same, but uh, the physical systems that instantiate the information are, are different. Uh, in this sense, information transcends physical systems, and also it's not a property of a state, because, uh, you know, if a flag brings information only, not if it can only have one state, it must be capable of having at least two states, you know, red and green, in such a way that it can be used to signal. All such properties have to do with what's possible to do on physical systems. And uh, that's the key to understanding how information can be brought into physics, because whenever we say that uh, information is involved in some physical phenomena, what we are saying is that certain regularities are there in the laws of physics. And expressing such regularities, which are the things that make information uh, possible and processes like copying possible, um, is the fundamental element that information brings into physics. So, Constructive theory of information, for instance, is one way of going about expressing such regularities, and that's, I think, the sense in which I would regard information as, as, uh, as fundamental. The concept of information troubles me in the sense that it so easily segues into um, a subjective view rather than a, an objective view of what is out there. And so it troubles me that that's a part of the maybe that in my, uh, my response. Yet, on the other hand, the other side of my maybe is that it is certainly the case that the, the, the deepest vision of science is achieved in terms of the greatest abstraction, because abstraction is transferable to, uh, to different material disguises. Um, and so I, I'm torn. On the one hand, I'm worried by the sliding into subjectivism. On the other, I admire it because it is sliding towards abstraction and therefore propriety and universality. Um, uh, then I also think about where I encounter information I, and over-information as well. Uh, an example of over-information is in um, classical physics where the classical physicists would seek to explain the trajectory of particles in terms of position and momenta. But we know from quantum theory that you've got to decide that you can either discuss in terms of location or you can discuss in terms of momenta. So the problem with classical physics, which quantum theory actually clarified, was that it was uh, over-informed. It was trying to do what nature forbade talk about position momenta simultaneously. I then also think, in terms of another aspect of information, that the universe is driven forward by the collapse of information. And I've got in mind there, of course, the second law of thermodynamics, broadly speaking, that things get worse. Um, and you know, if the initial state of the universe was a, it was a state of total uniformity and perfection, uh, and things have crumbled ever since. Um, 
in a sense, when you've got complete uniformity, you've got at both zero information and perfect information. Uh, <laughs> and, and there is a paradox there. Which so you're I, talking about the connection between entropy and... Yeah, I'm talking about entropy. And we know that as the world crumbles into disorder, as information decreases globally, cosmically, locally, information can emerge. Um, that structures could emerge as a consequence of, uh, as represented by heat engines would be an example, which we'll come back to later on. And um, thirdly, if I can just add one more component to this in my final minute, um, I think that the, the wonderful vision of evolution and natural selection um, is in terms of the struggle of one information system against another information system. Um, the, the, the most abstract view of looking at um, natural selection and evolution is the battle between systems of embedded information, embedded in the material of DNA, of course, exp expressed in DNA, but um, one type of information, you know, a slug, um, is struggling against another type of information, a lettuce. And, and, and one of these days, we, one will take over the world. Um, so uh, so I, you can see my ambiguity about information. James? It's difficult to address the question without having a clear target, that is, to know what you mean by fundamental and what you mean by information. Um, okay, but I'm going to say what I'll take them to mean, so I can argue. That would I mean, be good. Right, so starting with fundamental, I mean, think you might say something's fundamental to science if it's just something we have to use. N that doesn't necessarily give it any status in reality, but as a, as a tool. So um, to say that mathematics is fundamental to science is undeniable in one sense. But if you said the mathematical is fundamental, that would be a much more contentious thesis that lots of people would disagree with and say, well, we don't think physical reality is mathematical, but we do think that it's fundamental to our description of physical reality. So equally, one might say, yeah, information theory, information idioms seem to be fundamental to contemporary science. And they often seem very explanatory and illuminating. A famous example that's not mine bears repeating, which is, you ask the question, what does the sun do for life? And you think, oh, it gives us energy. But that doesn't really the full story, because if you look at the net inflow of energy and radiation to the Earth and the net outflow of energy and radiation from the Earth, it's the same. The difference is that the energy that's emitted is sort of spread more or less um, more uniformly across the bandwidth, whereas the energy that's received is in predominantly in the blue light end of things. So that asymmetry can be exploited by life to create structure and so you can say right it's not really about energy it's about information that's what the sun's doing for us so we, we can think in helpfully in terms of information however it doesn't follow that it's it's fundamental to reality and if i was to push the line that it's not um, and to put pressure on that on that idea i would say what seems to be a component of much talk of, of the everyday sense of information which i'm then not sure is supposed to be imported into the scientific sense is that the idea of representation the idea of information being about something the idea that uh, that um we have chosen to take 
two physical states and say this represents a bit. Um, these two re states represent one and zero. And if we look at um, information processing in, in physical systems, you could argue that we're only able to describe them as information processing because we understand the states in, uh, as representing this or that, as representational. And then you might say, but look, representations are all um, parasitic of us. I mean, they're, they're, they are not subjective, maybe, obviously, but, but um, anthropocentric or something. Um, so, so if I was to make a preliminary push at the line that information is not fundamental in a in a strong sense, I would I would say, well, here's a challenge: how can it be when it involves the notion of representation? The first theme really is: is information or could information be more primary than matter? And and you've all alluded to it that that DNA is sort of the the, the test case, isn't it? Because with the discovery of DNA, here's matter. But it's arranged in such a way that, you know, Watson and Crick said, this isn't just a, you know, a chemical, that this has actually got a code in it. And I'm not sure that you can make much sense of natural selection without that notion. And, and I suppose from there, that's the first step to saying, look, it's, it's in the world and it's maybe the most fundamental, certainly perhaps the most fundamental about life. I would disagree on the usage of say, you know, on saying that it's uh, the most fundamental. Okay. Um, but uh, certainly, uh, as I said before, uh, the idea that there can be things like replicators uh, is a trait of the physical laws, of, of the laws of physics. So, uh, you know, if we were in a world that uh, didn't allow things like replicators or, or, or copy processes, uh, natural selection couldn't have uh, occurred. Um, so the idea is that if you, if you say, you know, uh, life is explained by natural selection, then what you're also saying, well, uh, the laws of physics um, have to be in a certain way that supports uh, natural selection in the sense that they uh, allow elementary copying processes. And uh, that's a fact about the physical world that doesn't require, I think, any subjective uh, um, point of view. Uh, and. Uh, it's a trait which seems to me non-trivial about the laws, and I would say it's business for physics to um, to to express such sort of this sort of regularity. So that that would be my my point. But, but you said that, that the copying processes were elementary, and that doesn't follow. That the copying processes, I mean, they need to be processes such that um, traits that contribute to reproductive success are heritable. Ah, but those emerge that, from the elementary ones. That, I mean, I mean that, that doesn't follow straight. I mean, what that, I mean, that doesn't follow from the existence of natural selection. I mean, that's a hypothesis. But what natural selection requires is just that there can be the inheritance of, of traits that contribute to reproductive the transmission success. Of, uh, the transmission yes. of information between generations. Yes, you can say it's the transmission yeah. of information yeah. between generations, yeah. but it doesn't follow that there have to be elementary information processing um, in nature, well, it, nor, but nor what does it mean by elementary processes? Well, I don't know, but that's <laughs> but, what but said. You actually mean RNA, uh, the extraction of the information well, that's from, from from DNA and the conversion into the worker bees of the body, uh, enzymes and proteins. Right. But that's not elementary. Those aren't elementary no. processes. Those are biochemical processes. But what do you mean? That's, you didn't say what, what do you mean by elementary? Well, well if you what, the normal meaning of most yeah. most basic. But, those, but uh, biochemists would regard those as, bio, as as elementary processes. 
Yeah, but what's elementary in, in what's most fundamental in chemistry is not most fundamental in physics. I mean, so no, but that's why I'm trying to get you to say at what level of elementary you're working. It's Clara that said it, so I, maybe I misinterpreted it. But, uh, but when she said elementary, I thought she meant at the bedrock of physical reality. Are well, actually, I... Well, exactly, but we've got to work on what we mean by that. Yeah, I would say, since we're talking about natural selection in particular, uh, that's an explanation for things that are not elementary in a specific sense. That is to say, they, are, they have the appearance of design, like living things. Yeah. Elementary means uh, something that doesn't have that feature. And so elementary copying processes such as, you know, a uh, particular spin of an atom is copied by yeah. a particular interaction onto yeah. a different atom. My so so that, that's elementary in this context. My, my, my agreeometer, um, <laughs> which began at maybe <laughs> in, oh in the middle, is actually, although I disagree with everything you're saying, is, is moving towards you. <laughs> For reasons yeah. I find it hard to articulate, but I, but <laughs> <laughs> but I think um, I, I'm beginning to shift in your direction because I put uh, the primacy of scientific explanation in terms of the achievement of the greatest abstraction. And I think that uh, if one can express anything in terms of the most abstract formulation, then it becomes the most powerful. And although I don't understand a word of what you're saying, I can see <laughs> that the, the <laughs> infinite very abstract and, and, and therefore potentially powerful. And so if we were to strip away everything you've said <laughs> and just to leave this, this sort of skeleton of uh, this concept called information, regardless of you know, how you're dressing it up and putting flesh on it, um, I, th I think the concept of information gives you the greatest generality for understanding uh, a wide variety of physical, biological, uh, mathematical even, um, phenomena. And so that's why I'm shifting toward yes, because I, of the primacy of abstraction. Can I bring James in? Is there something wrong with saying there's information in DNA? Are you just saying there really isn't? We're just attributing... It, because it seems like some information must be passed on from generation to generation, whether we're there to look at it or not. Well, there's a system that be, it can be understood as reading the information. So to that extent, it's not misleading to say there's information in DNA. But... Well, there's not uh, lack of information, is there? No, but you, one might also look at that and say, look, all that's happening is a load of physical processes, and that could be understood without reference to information. It's just too complicated to do it. So we think in terms of information to make it tractable. Yeah. Really? To, make it, to make it abstract, in fact, because I think you can transfer concepts once you've got abstraction. Right. I mean, after, after all, thinking about uh, uh, the heat engine as an abstract entity, of taking you know, of, uh, a hot source, a cold sink, and something in between, um, is applicable not only to steam engines but to human bodies and i think that's enormously important aspect of thermodynamics i think what you say about abstraction is very important and i, I agree with you so i'm I, i'm shifting in the maybe direction where I, but i was there okay, i was in the maybe direction to start with okay. if we took a digital computer and said is it computing independently of someone using it to compute someone regarding it as representing then i'm i'm more skeptical i, I mean i think dna is, is a special case because of 
because of life and so I, I I'm and also something I don't really know enough about but I've thought a bit about physical computing and I, I think if you look at an AND gate and you say look it's computing AND well you can relabel the how you associate physical states with logical states and say it's computing OR instead because structurally they're, they're isomorphic to each other right um, th three possible inputs gives you one output and the other input gives you the other output and that's the same whether it's AND or OR it just depends is how you label the states Sorry. one and zero. Is that the loss of information? If you've got three inputs and you get one output, you're losing It's called an irreversible... Yeah, but you're losing information. Yes, and... Uh, there's so a is computation the loss of information? Well, people say that irreversible... That, 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 that people pose a connection between computation and thermodynamics and say that when you have irreversible computation, you necessarily have thermodynamically irreversible processes. Yeah, and I was just saying that um, uh, would a more productive way of talking about that saying that AND can perform a certain operation? The as gate can. To, yes. yes. So as opposed to saying it is performing it. So right, and it has the capacity to be regarded as, as performing a computation when we l label its states in a certain way. Yes, which is also what DNA does because, you know, when we say right. that DNA has information, what we mean is that a different strand would uh, produce a different kind of output when read out. Can I just go back to, I think it was James, you made the connection with organizing. So that things are not just, or maybe it was you, not just random, but you bring some seeming organization. Some idea of structure, yes. Yes. Is that what we mean by information? That it, something is, it is, doesn't have any uh, pattern or structure well, to it, I and think then this is something really intervenes and it turns what was a soup of stuff into a small human being. I think this is re it's really confusing to think about because on the one hand you could say well if I had a gas and all the hot part of the gas was on the left hand side of the room and all the cold part was on the right hand side you might think that's structured it's ordered it there's sort of information there but actually if it was in a completely random state then you'd need more information to describe it because it wouldn't have any symmetry or structure yeah, with, with so but when we have when again. we have symmetry or structure yeah. we need less information to describe things Okay. So it's kind of paradoxical because on is the one hand we say there's no information in that gas, but in fact because it's in a random state, in order to say anything about it, you'd have to say what every single particle was doing. But Unless you're only interested in statistical properties. Sorry. But, but globally, cosmically, if you like, at least globally, the world works by progressively losing information. I mean, well, that's contentious because I mean, no, fundamental. No, it is. I mean, fundamental. Right, quantum <laughs> mechanics is unitary, which means yeah, exactly. it's time reversible. No, so. no, 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 no. I, I think if we take a thermodynamic view, then and you regard the second law as being um, a valid state, a, a valid universal but, state. But it's always been problematic to understand how that second law can yeah, be compatible never, with okay. a time reversible. Nevertheless, it actually. I'm going to move it on here because thermodynamics is going to get. We're going to get lost in thermodynamics. Right, we're not going to get lost. It's very clear and very simple to understand. The uh, world okay. is getting worse globally because information is being lost. Let's look. Let's bring it down to our, our current uh, matrix of discussion, and because. Um, information is being lost globally, locally, information is emerging. In organized patterns like yeah. life. Yes, yeah. that, that, that life is somehow this way that it yeah. exports. The, the but the whole entity. history of the universe is the loss of information. If we move on to the second of our themes, it's, is there an ultimate level of reality? So you get to talk about reductionism now. The classical way you dis discuss reality is there's the level of consciousness, if it exists, and thought, and beneath that there's biology, 
and then beneath that there's chemistry and beneath that there's physics and so the, that's why everyone has physics envy because they, they apparently have the best description of everything. If we allow information in, does that do something to change that classical picture? I think there is information which unifies that structure that you've just described, yeah. which is very important. I also think that deep down underneath is a different sort of information which we call mathematics. Ooh. And so I think that deep down, if you accept mathematics as a form of information, yes. um, and maybe there's a discussion about whether it is a form of information, then um, my view is that mathematics is the foundation of the universe in some sense. Do you want to hear more from the world's leading thinkers? If the answer to that question is yes, subscribe to iai.tv for unlimited access to thousands of debates, talks, articles, academy courses and live events. Are you bored of the surface level news, politics, sports and entertainment coverage on your newsfeed? Go deeper, get the philosophy behind the news and get the latest big ideas from the world's leading thinkers on subjects at the core of the human condition, life, the universe and everything in between. It's free for the first month. And there's no commitment to pay, so subscribe now to understand the world beyond the surface level. Cara, whichever one of you looks most startled, which one of you wants to...? Well, I, I had a point on this, that um, <laughs> the unification trait that you br brought, brought up, it's um, connected to this notion of uh, information being um, having some of the traits of an abstraction. So uh, the idea that the level at which we talk about information uh, does not refer specifically to the various physical details of the underlying uh, physical systems, is what makes it possible to have this uh, role of information as a potential uh, entity that unifies the various levels of explanation that we have of reality. And when you ask whether there is an ultimate physical reality, mm. I think there's also a, another sense in which that can be interpreted, that is, uh, is there an ultimate explanation of reality, which is a slightly different way of talking about have the same topic? Uh, no, no, I think there can't be an ultimate explanation because that would mean that um, that explanation wouldn't have problems, and uh, that would mean that you know science would stop progressing because uh, problems. What's are wrong with that? I mean, <laughs> if if science gets to the end of the of the quest, and it, it, how can it we should, know that it should stop? Well, do you think you that can be? Do you think that there can be a theory that would, you know, would will be free of problems? Yeah, the scientists are optimists, and what unlike philosophers, oh, who are I am very no, I'm optimist, <laughs> and that's why I think that problems can, you know, new problems can come up, and yeah. we come up with new solutions. Right. Yeah, that's also an optimistic way of looking at things. I can, I can feel the temperature <laughs> of that side of the room rising, James. As things stand, we have physics. Physics, much of physics isn't fundamental. It's, it's about emergent phenomena. Even atomic physics is about emergent phenomena. Even nuclear physics is about emergent phenomena. Can you phenomena. tell people what you mean by emergent? Please? Well, not fundamental, not the most basic. Now, I mean, it's an open question, it seems to me, whether there is such a thing as the most basic. So I think I agree. Well, I don't think you said there is, and you said there, might, there, there couldn't yeah. be, and yeah. I'm not sure about <laughs> that issue. I mean, certainly in the history of physics, predictions that we found the fundamental level of reality have an un 
happy history. Yeah. And every time someone says that, then just around the corner yeah. there seems to be. Nevertheless, no, it may be true that there is. And it may be, it may be true that there is. I just think that we're not really in a position to know. I mean, no. we, 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 we couldn't have predicted how incredibly rich the, the, the subatomic realm would be. I mean, originally people thought, I mean, this is why uh, you know, I was talking yesterday under the title Atoms are Not Atoms, because they're not. I mean, in the, in the classical sense of being the bedrock of reality, the partless particles. So the track record of saying we've got to the bottom level is, is poor. Is there necessarily a bottom level? I don't see why there has to be. Would we be able to think about that level of reality using the familiar kind of concepts that we get when we think about everyday matter, I think definitely not. And so here I agree very much about abstraction. I think science often works by using mathematics to go where we're not able to go with other kinds of But thought. do you think information is part of this? It may, it I mean, it, it may be, but as things stand, what we have is physical theories with physical constants in them that involve, no matter how far removed they have become from classical physics, still involve us in ideas like mass and energy and momentum and um, wavelength. You know, these being related in quantum theory in a way that we never thought before, but that these are physical notions. So as it stands, the standard model um, and general relativity are formulated in terms of regular sort of physics, right? The, the, you know, ultimately, that the Newton or Maxwell would but recognize where does information as being physics. Come in this as well? well, that's the point. It doesn't. So it's a speculative claim to say, well, the next generation of theories is somehow going to be about information. Hmm. And sure. then I, what I would want to know was how would we recover from a pure theory of information, the physical content that is expressed through our theories having well, physical quantities and, and having, co having constants that have dimensions, well, and having yeah, quantities yeah. that have dimensions, length, time, and, and so on. Yeah, but all the fundamental constants are artificial numbers um, in, a, in a certain sense, which enable us to map the properties of a, a particle onto macroscopic measurements for our convenience. And even today, things like um, the speed of light is no longer a measured quantity, it's a defined quantity, simply because it enables us to convert um, properties of um, a particle into macroscopic measurements. And it still has units. It has, yeah. it has dimensions. I mean, any, yeah. you look at any physical equation but and you can ask yourself, in, in, what is this expressed in terms of? Are we yeah. dealing with length, time, mass? What are the physical properties here? Yeah. Now, if you talk about a pure theory of information, it doesn't, on, on, on its own, make contact with that realm of energy and mass and so on, which no. physics is yes. about. And you could argue, if you were pushing this negative line, look, you wouldn't have any information in DNA or in a computer or on the table or on your piece of paper unless there was some physical structure there that could be in some state or another. Well, but it, it's just, is it there in addition to that? Yeah, that's the point. In other words, I, I could have all kinds of smudges on this paper, but the particular smudges I have are giving me information. I'm certainly getting information from it, or I feel I am. Are you telling me I'm not? But is that information is not in the paper on its own? That's in the, your reading of the information. I mean, if I give, but it's you, still a, if in the I give you a code book that says well, when you receive w one bit, that stands for the works of Shakespeare, and in the code book there's the, the works of Shakespeare, and you look, you get a signal one, and you, that, that's the that's then that's no, the information. That the you get fact that, that you can transmit information that way yeah. is a property of the laws of physics. Exactly, I agree. So and that's a property of it's a property that you know. But so what? <laughs> well, it's an interesting property because you, if you didn't have that, such yeah. a thing, you know. Yeah. Uh, there are theories about sectors in the universe that can't communicate with one another. And uh, in the composite system of those two sectors, 
you wouldn't have the ability, the sort of possibilities that we're mm -hmm. referring to in this sentence. But um, I think that your, your, I think your copy, it, the copying the, that we do in real information transmission, it never has to be exact. It can always no, be approximate. No, but the point is that it could be. I mean, it can be made arbitrarily precise, and that's, that's why, a feature of the law. Why is that important? I mean, the whole, the whole importance of information copying in, in life is it's, that it's, it's not precise. It's if it was precise, it, it no, would no, be no. chemistry. No, but it can't be precise. But the point is that yeah. there so is no limitation to how precisely you can copy. Yeah. No known limitation. If right. there were a limitation, then there would be a laws of physics, and that would be interesting. Okay, all right. But I mean, are, we, are you to at least saying that, it, that information is in the universe? No. No. You're not. <laughs> Heck. So, I well, was sure I am we saying that in, in, a, in the sense that there is, I mean, that when we say that information is in the universe, what we are saying is that certain interactions are possible. But, but and that's no, an interesting feature I think feature what we're saying is that in our description of the universe, there is information. But you're going but further. You think okay, it's there. Well, but I also, but I'm, I'm prepared for you know, at the level of this discussion to say that our description is uh, um, of, uh, of, theori of theories of laws and so on is all about the evolution of, e of information. Yes. So, so what so do you mean by evolution of information? So, uh, well, uh, I mean that's where I disagree. I say no. Our, our laws are about the evolution of physical systems that have mass and other physical properties. Uh, but that's still information. And well, uh, only in the trivial sense that to in order that to talk about it or to describe it, you, you, or you can regard it in information yeah. terms. But that I think why I is think that trivial though, James? I mean, it's because it's you it's can it's regard it's anything in information theoretic terms if you've got a language to talk about it. Yeah, but my mm. point is that we're in a universe really. where we, we, we do talk about things and yeah. we do exchange information. So it seems indisputable that it's in the universe because I'm using it right now. So well, the question is, how is it in the universe? And, and the Schrodinger equation, for example, is an example of um, how information as embedded in a wave function evolves in time. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I feel like Agreed. I'm in a parallel dimension to you. But when you say information evolves in time, what you mean is... That, that where a particle is, let us yeah, say. Yeah, well, mm. you, what you mean, I think what you mean is <coughs> the possibility of measuring certain observables evolves in time. Yeah. And that's the kind of thing I was trying to hint to before, yeah. by saying that whenever we talk about information, we talk about some transformation yeah. or, you know, task. But a wave function possible. is a carrier of information. Yes. And it's a carrier of information because it can be coupled to the wave function of a different system and there can be a copy uh, process. Even if it can't, it is still conveying information. Ah, that's... Uh, mm. Well... That, that was my worry about the subjectivity, you see. It's, begin, it's going to creep in very soon. I'll give you five minutes before <laughs> it's there. <laughs> no, I think it's already here with me. <laughs> but I think this, I mean, well, the reason the I bolt at saying the universe, the universe, the information is in the universe, it just sounds like the, uh, the wrong thing to say. I mean, <coughs> like thoughts are in your head. It's yeah. just a mis you know, information isn't the kind of thing that can be in somewhere. Do you not like that's it? A it spatial, can be that's a spatial um, way of thinking, and it doesn't really make sense as I've got this box and there's some information in it. But I, mean, I feel it I have information in my head. Is that wrong? Well, I think you can talk that way loosely, but I think... And abstractly. And abstractly. Yeah. Thank you. I yeah. feel better now. Yeah. Yeah. But 
that's from another perspective, and we'll say that's just a metaphor. That, that I like yeah. metaphors. No, but what's wrong metaphor. with metaphors? Uh, but abstraction is a metaphor. I mean, uh, I mean, I think what, what, what scientists do when they look for global theories is to abstract a, a metaphor in some sense. Yeah. Which, which is the theory. Right, but lots of physicists would say mass isn't a metaphor, right? It's physical. That, that's mm. the difference. Mm. You, can't, you, can, you can get hit by an information-carrying system. No, you but can't look, get hit the by information the without the system the to carry it. The yeah, property of certain ideas to cause transformation is, not, is, is a physical thing. So, you know, mm. suppose we invent a way of, uh, you know, retarding the death of the sun, um, would that, you know, that would come out of, you know, that would be a creation of knowledge that, you know, uh, humans may, may be able to, to come up with, and would that not be a physical effect? The clash of information is what I alluded to in my opening remark about the uncertainty principle, basically, that you may have information about the position of a particle, or you n may have information about its momentum, but those are two um, universes of explanation and you must not let them collide because once you do get collision between those two descriptions um, you get conflict mm -hmm. yes I do agree on this yeah. why well it makes sense to say that I mean quantum physics we can't know right. we, we cannot measure all the observables simultaneously and so we can't get the whole of the information. Oh, yes, we can. We can get the whole of the information well, that is al allowed to us. Right. I mean, a complete description of the universe in terms of location of particles, no. fine. Yeah, sure. A complete description in terms of waves, fine. It's, but classical physics it imbued us with the expectation of having more information than we, we should have. Yeah, right. Agreed. Mm. Yes. James, you're looking well, it's not clear to me that what we're doing there is expressing something in, in information theoretic in no. idiom that we could express in a different idiom. So take an example from biology. Um, the fundamental dogma of molecular biology says information can't pass from, the, genotype to the, yeah. from the phenotype to the genotype. Yeah. Right. I mean, that was how it was first expressed. Now, is, is that, does that mean then, I mean, if someone said, look, there you are, information, fundamental in science. And what someone could say, well, yeah, but I could express that same truth without using information talk. I could say something like, um, there can't be causation from the phenotype to the genotype. So I could do it in causal terms rather than information theoretic terms. So it's not clear that information is being anything, playing any more role than being no, a heuristic or a way to think talk about cause you're not talking about when when you say information can flow one way and not the other what you're talking about is you know the whole set of copying process that you can perform on the particular molecule whereas if you talk about the cause that's a much looser notion and slippery in physics as well but i could say something like the phenotype can't cause changes in the genotype well but what is causing the so the the notion of cause is very Fuzzy. Oh, gosh. Did, did yeah, but, we, I mean, hold on, but it's we not like we defined what information was at the start of this. I mean, for, mo for most no, scientists, the notion I'm of causation saying, How about saying that information means certain copying processes are possible, and that possibility is transmitted from one, you know, molecule to another and can't be transmitted vice versa. That's much more precise than saying that the cause, you know, that 
then resort into the national cause. I don't. I don't think that's true. I don't see why that's why it's any less precise to talk about causation. I mean, it's perfectly familiar to say mm. express generalizations in science in causal terms. And Back to information. I mean, we're having enough trouble yeah. with information without tackling causation. Someone yeah, will yeah. tell us time doesn't flow in a second, and then we'll yeah. all be lost. Um, it's, it's, it's what you lot always do. It's, it's mathematics information. Well, I'd like to know, because you, th you think, lo lo along with Platonists, that it's there in the universe. Yeah. I can see James well, bridling uh, from here. Yes. Yeah, so uh, um, no, I, I mean, I, d I just don't know, but I, 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 I suspect it's too strong to say mathematics is information. Is it some kind of dualism yeah. that you don't like? Does it feel like we're importing God by another name, or something you know, non... It's some deeper than that, isn't it? Deeper than uh, God, uh, right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, thanks. Yeah. Is, it, is there a kind of dualism which you're... I get this sense that you're bridling information and that it's, it feels dualistic, that there's a, it's a supernatural kind of thing. No, I'm just worrying that it doesn't make sense without the... No, that, that, that really, the, the, the work that's done by the word information is either can, can be done by talking about causal processes or, or, and just talking about dynamics and, yeah. and regular physical concepts, or it's invoking the idea of representation. And if it's invoking the idea of representation, then I think that opens up a whole can, can of worms about whether we can regard physical systems as intrinsically representing other physical systems, or whether that's really just that we use one to represent the other. So, I mean, if you have some physical process that may, means that after some time, a state over here is a copy of a state over there, it doesn't mean that this state represents that state. I mean, that that's... A, that's an extra thing that we would say. It implies that, that state. That. Yeah. It mm. implies that yeah. state. Okay. Yes, yeah, so, so, so I mean, there's a big discussion in philosophy about that you can naturalise these notions of information. Mm. You know, Grice mm. said, you know, well, smoke represents fire, and that's mm. natural meaning. I've always found it perverse that ph philosophers, particularly and scientists mm. as well, that your, the entire understanding that you have and that you learnt from someone then that you teach and that you put in books and that you read out and that you talk about all requires there to be information you're, you're using it in that common in a colloquial and, and science if it's anything is an enormous collection of information because it's not just scientists don't just go around oh, pointing at bits of yeah. the universe but it's not just a heap of information no, uh, no it's, it's an or it's an organized it's organized uh, yes, it's organized right. information and yet the culmination of this after you know a hundred odd years we get to the point where people say, but I don't think information is in the universe, it doesn't really exist. And that just seems a bit perverse. But we, we, we look, we could perfectly well express what human, no I mean, uh, talk about human knowledge before we used the term information. It's a relatively new term mm. in vocabulary. Yes, uh, well, we used to call it meaning, and then yes, people right. really bridled so at exa that, so exactly. we washed it and so came out so with So I think the fact that you can rephrase everything by saying, well, science is information, and my, you know, my thoughts are information, and everything's information, doesn't really grant that much except in an abstract sense well it just means that it's I mean, a very plastic word that we yeah. can use in all sorts of contexts but i mean i could just as well said science is about propositions that represent reality right i didn't use the word information okay so in that sense information is just trendy well i think the word i think the key yeah. thing is are we talking about a representational notion of information I or think some I other am. idea because in the, in the Mathematical mm. theory of, com of communication of Shannon and Weaver with the mm. original <laughs> mathematical theory of communication uh, of information, it's not really anything to do with semantic meaning. It's just about probability distributions, basically. Mm. So, m what I'm interested yeah. in is what point we're bringing in representation. 
at the point where creatures like us, built from all of that physics, go, ooh, I, thought, I, th I know what you mean. Right, in, in which case, then one might say, that, well, there's, there wasn't any I information until there were beings like us. Could be. The Shannon theory was about analyzing errors in that system, but the system is ultimately a signaling system. Yes. So in that sense, there is an interpretation that's going on, you know, uh, a signal requires representation in the sense, I think, that you were... Okay. And I don't think that uh, entails probability distribution. I mean, doesn't require to resort to probability distributions. To you know, If you want to talk about how a signaling system works, not uh, what Shannon wanted to do. He was interested in errors mm. and uh, quantifying. as well. Yeah, yeah, he was interested yeah. in a different problem. But I mean, ultimately, the kind of physical system that he was referring to was the signaling system. And in yeah. a signaling system, you know, a flag, how you know, an air traffic controller system works. You don't really you need probabilities to talk about that. We hope you enjoyed this podcast brought to you by the Institute of Art and Ideas. Do you think information is in the universe? Let us know by tweeting at IAI underscore TV with the hashtag the universe code. To listen to more episodes, subscribe to the Philosophy for Our Times podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud or Stitcher for more big ideas on the go. We would love to hear your feedback, so please email us on podcast at IAI.TV. Tune in next week to get an insight into the 60s cultural revolution from flower power icon Jenny Boyd.